And here we go. Back here for hour number two of Overtime. Thank you so much for tuning in. William Patterson, Dawson Wise, Jace Brown, live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios on a Tuesday. 865-546-8200, your number if you want to hop in and join us. Uh, just went final. Vols went 3-2 over UNC Asheville. Uh, we'll break that game down here in a minute. But first, let's hit the phones. Joshy Boy on the line. What's up, Joshy? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. How are you, sir? Doing well, sir. Good. So, uh, you care if I give you my best bet tonight? Lay it on us. I'm going uh, with UConn, minus three against Creighton. Okay. Kind of a public play. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're yeah. I mean, they're an incredible. I mean, they're a really good team. I'm staying away from it, Joshy, just based off the fact that until I see someone beat them, I, I can't believe in the hype of taking another team against the spread against UConn. Um, right. So I, I'm personally staying away. But I, I mean, I, I do think UConn should win this one. I, Crane does have the personnel to match up with them. The difference in this yeah. one is that Crane only goes about six guys deep. Like they have their starting five and go really, sure. really bring one off the bench. UConn can go about eight, nine deep. Yeah. And I may, depending on if Tennessee goes down and I can get like a decent in game live bet, sure. I might take Tennessee. Yeah. So if they go down like maybe six or seven and I can get them maybe like around minus two and a half or three, I might take that. Yep. So, uh, what's your thoughts on the game tonight against Missouri? Do you think uh, they'll struggle any first half, or do you think it's pretty much going to be a blowout when tip-off happens? Well, you know, we, we we hope that they continue the momentum they've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, ever since suffering that loss against A&M, you've had um, uh, two really big bounce-back wins in resounding fashion, and you play a similarly um, inferior opponent tonight in Missouri. Um, just saw a video of the uh, one fly, we all fly. Mm. And um, yeah. it looks like the, the amount of people there um, are very sparing. It looks like a, a book club meeting in the, wow. the stands. So um, the environment will not be very, you know, treacherous. Um, but I think it's getting back to just continuing to get everyone involved. This is a Missouri team that's really good at getting the pesky defensive numbers, uh, high, high steal percentage, high block percentage. Um, and they do a really good job of converting at the free throw line as well. So you got to be disciplined defensively, keep them off the free throw line. And while you're on offense, make sure that you're um, reading the passing lanes, that they have a tendency to jump them and try to force turnovers. So you've got to make sure you play disciplined that way as well. Yeah. Guys, uh, if Triple J and Stante shoot the way like they shot for the Vandy game and other games this season, I think there's nobody that can beat this Tennessee team when all of our five starters are not missing. It's, I've been saying that for a couple of weeks now. Is When everybody's rolling, it feels like this team's unbeatable. Yeah. Uh, and now there's a few teams yeah. you might could make an exception for, but uh, just – how well everybody's rolling, how well the defense is still playing, uh, it's going to be very hard for me to find any teams that could match up well against this team. Yeah, I agree with that. So uh, do you think we'll get like a word soon about the court hearing if Tennessee's going to be granted the preliminary, preliminary injunction? 
Uh, really don't know any updates on that. It's uh, kind of up in, in the air now just with the court and, and, and how that process goes. So um, there's no real update. There's really no way to predict it either um, right. because, you know, I, I can't tell you what a, a judge is going to say, right. but um, sure. uh, no updates yet. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty much that uh, Jefferson is probably going to be one of the barns like guys he's gonna like transfer out right yeah I'd be, I'd be shocked if he remained on the team yeah yeah i just i wish he could work out here because i think that guy's got potential yeah i'm sure he'll do well at a, a mid-major next year um you know I, I i just it's a loaded roster you've got a lot of returning pieces um and it's just hard to kind of figure out where he fits in all of that um and i, I think he also um, has has struggled offensively in practice, dissecting, um, or at least, at least this is what I've been told. Um, he, he struggles in practice um, kind of learning the X and O's of the defense and the offense. And if you're not able to do that, then it's a little bit harder to get on the court. Yeah. And uh, referring to a little bit of uh, Roberto's call yesterday, he was talking about Tennessee baseball kind of shorting up uh, that third starting spot. Yeah. If Tennessee finds like a permanent guy that can fill that third starting spot and they do really good, this Tennessee team not only can make it to Omaha, but like he said last night, they can win the whole thing. You guys have a good night. Yeah, thank you so much for your call, Joshua. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're able to figure out that question mark of, of who's that day three starter, um, I think that you – I mean, really, just from top to bottom, have a good group, a better, more talented group than you had last year, and you were able to make it to the College World Series last year. So um, with all that in mind, um, I think this team definitely has the opportunity to compete for a, a national title. Uh, and it's pretty cool that the football, basketball, and baseball team all have legitimate shots um, in their respective seasons to win a national title. Pretty cool time to be Softball as well. Softball yes. as well, yes, yes. yes. Um, so I think that um, once you figure that out and, and over the course of these um, out-of-conference scheduled games, you have the opportunity to see who fits that bill the best. Um, I think we'll get Seacrest a couple more chi- a couple more times, give him an opportunity. Um, you obviously love what you saw from Nate Sneed. Uh, Causey, um, you know, Roberto suggests that Causey just stays as the guy behind Russell. Mm. Um, and, and I don't know, there are a lot of different scenarios and ways you can go about it, but that's why you have this time right now uh, to dissect all of that. Um, so uh, thank you so much for the call, Joshy. And, and, and sticking on the topic of the baseballs, uh, it is now officially final that Tennessee and its uh, home opener in the new renovated Lindsey Nelson Stadium uh, gets the win over UNC Asheville, three to two. Um, you saw a, a sack fly from Hunter Inslee to bring in um, Brad Key Laurie um, in the uh, seventh inning, bottom of the seventh inning. Uh, that was the last score, the the, the one that put the Vols over the hump. Um, and I'm just kind of trying to read through the. The, the score log here a little bit hard to talk about a game that just ended about yeah. five minutes ago on on, on um, live radio here but trying to do our best um let's see you had an rbi single from christian moore um that was he was able to bring uh i guess i guess bring looks I think like he brought a, in dryling yeah dryling. brought in dryling and then Kavar's tears had another home run today mm-hmm. um what a streak he's been on 
um, a guy we talked about last week when we were breaking down our, our predictions for the year, who was going to be that X factor. We talked about tears. Um, and he was moved up in the lineup today as well, uh, moved up to that four slot. Um, and we also saw Chuck Taylor get back involved as well. We saw uh, Chuck batting ninth. Um, so I guess I know it's hard to kind of give our, our full takes on the game because, you know, just ended. But um, good win for the Vols nonetheless. Yeah, uh, it is. I think you learned some stuff. These midweek games are mostly just for learning what you have. I mean, you've done it over the past couple of years. We've seen some of these younger guys. That's where Kavaris Tears kind of started to draw the attention of some of our fans was he got he got play in midweek games and hit the cover off the ball a few times. And people are like, oh, yeah, okay, here's this guy. You know, where's he going to fill in when he gets in the lineup next year? They move him to the cleanup spot today, and he hits the best of anyone on the Vols lineup. Yeah. Goes two for four. It's a wall scraper, but an opposite field home run uh, that left the park in a hurry uh so good to see him get back on the home run board and good to see him succeeding after we all said we were looking forward to seeing him this year uh in terms of pitching Schaefer nice outing for him to uh, two hits one run on three innings it's about normal for a midweek guy um and then Austin Hunley and if that name sounds familiar to anyone yes that is the brother of former Vols reliever Sean Hunley uh got in and, and closed the game out for the Vols three and a third I believe three hits, no runs. So yeah. another maybe potential bullpen option down mm-hmm. the line. Yeah. Um, so you're starting to learn stuff. That's a that's a good gritty win. I think this team played us close last year too, if I remember right. Yeah. So like, yeah. Uh, you, you know these midweek games are just we see teams losing. Uh, Wake Forest, by the way, uh, loses to yeah. UNC Greensboro mm-hmm. today yep. on the road. So uh, it could it could always be worse. These midweek games are always going to be kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, r- again, right now it's still very early. Just fourth game of the year. You're really trying to feel out what you have, like you said, Dawson. Uh, uh, you know, you, you keep getting reps for, you know, some of your uh, all-year guys like uh, Amick Moore, uh, guys like Hunter Inslee, guys like Kavaris Tears and Dylan Dryling that are going to be out there and um, probably your mainstays all year. Uh, getting them some reps and getting out of there. Uh, I know Ethan Payne started uh, for he the did. first time this year uh, as well. Got him some reps in at second base. So, uh, again, it's just a feel-out game, uh, trying to see what you got, uh, especially in the pitching rotation. I think that's where it's the most important is, uh, especially in this early year when you're still trying to figure out who your weekend guys are going to be, uh, getting these guys in against uh, teams that might not be the best, see what see what stuff they have, see what works, see what doesn't, uh, re- really shows the true colors uh, of a team whenever the season starts rolling full swing. Uh, so all in all, like you said, could be worse. We could be Wake Forest right now. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a win is a win. Uh, you take what you can from it uh, and move on for tomorrow. Yeah, so uh, I want to mention uh, today's game marks the 113th opener, a uh, home opener in Tennessee baseball history. The Vols now improved in 91, 20, and two all time in home openers. Pretty good number there. Uh, now six and one under Tony V, uh, with now six straight wins dating back to 2019. And this is a Vols team coming off a uh, tournament champion uh, declaration in the Shriners Children's College Showdown at Globe Life Field. Uh, to open the season this past weekend, uh, snagging victories over Texas Tech and Baylor. Um, one guy I want to talk about a little bit more, though, is, is Billy Amick. Um, highly touted transfer. Um, started off his career the right way this weekend. Hot start, successful opening, uh, where he batted 308 with four hits and led the Vols with four runs, two homers, and five RBIs. Uh, Amick homered in both of UT's wins over A&M, or not A&M, Texas Tech. In Baylor uh, on Sunday, uh, what will Amick's impact mean for this team? Everything. Uh, this he has the potential to be that anchor guy, and we've had several of these before. 
Jordan Beck comes to mind. Drew Gilbert comes mm-hmm. to mind. Guys that you know are going to go up there and at least compete. Every time they're at the plate, they're going to battle. Um, but they're going to be your most either most consistent or second most consistent. I know Christian Moore is probably going to fill the most consistent role. Uh, but the type of guy that guys rally around, I think, is going to be Billy Amick, similar to what Gilbert did for us the past couple years out of the four spot. Um, he's the type of guy that can really rally a team. He gets a big hit, all of a sudden everybody's rolling. If it's a tough night, mm-hmm. Billy Amick gets a hit, all of a sudden we're rolling. Um, it gives them that second consistent option. Him and Christian Moore, uh, I think, are going to be the real anchors of this lineup yeah. all year long. Uh, the guys that, again, are going to go up there, and every time they're up there, you can guarantee they're at least going to put the ball in play. You know, They're going to give themselves a chance. Mm-hmm. They're going to get a lot of base hits. They're going to rack up the numbers. And if both are on, this team will be great. Uh, yeah. It already is. I think it'll get even better. Uh, also, a sure arm, sure glove. You can't look over what he does defensively either at third base uh, and fills out the question of who was going to replace Zane Denton. Well, we have our answer now after the first weekend, and it's uh, Billy Amick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a guy that was an All-American last year for a reason. I mean, I, I think he brings you consistency day in and day out. Uh, and he's been around the block over at Clemson, so I, I think he brings a really nice presence uh, to that locker room as well. Like you said, somebody you can lean on uh, to go on with Christian Moore as a uh, consistency. And, uh, you know, he's great on defense. We saw some great plays uh, from third base over uh, at in Arlington this past weekend. So uh, I, I think the big thing, like you said, it's just the consistency day in and day out. You know what you're going to get from this guy, uh, and the expectations are high for him for a reason, uh, and I think they should stay high because I, I think he's going to be rolling all year. A quick score update for those cruising around town. Um, two to one with 1454 <laughs> remaining. The two teams have what? shot a combined one of 13 from the field, now one of 14. Yep. Um, a, a, a tough shooting night for both teams so far. Two to one, six minutes into action. Um, but back to Amick. Um, I, I think that you know you, you threw the kitchen sink at him to bring him to Knoxville for a mm-hmm. reason, uh, knowing what he could bring to this team. You saw him last year against uh, when he was playing for Clemson. You knew how impactful he was for that team. Um, and, and one of the things that we talk about in the portal – is you know bringing these guys in, but are they going to be as highly touted and as successful as their ranking and, and their aura says around them? We saw with Dawn Connect it works. So far, Billy Amick, he, he works too. I mean, a big weekend for him. Um, don't have his stats on what he did today just yet. Um, those are still loading in. Um, but he's a guy that brings explosive offense um, early in the lineup, and he also brings explosive experience um, to a couple of question marks around the roster. Um, this is a guy that's been there in big moments, knows how to handle himself, and I think uh, he's a big get and a, a big deal for this Falls team. Um, now, talking about these upcoming games, and I guess the game today and tomorrow, uh, this weekend we saw Florida, Arkansas, Vanderbilt. Um, today we saw Wake Forest all drop games to inferior opponents. Uh, Taking a glance at tomorrow's matchup after the Vols handle business today against UNC Asheville, uh, seven of the last eight matchups between the Vols and the uh, East Tennessee State University Bucks uh, have been decided by four runs or fewer. Uh, UT is four and three in those contests. So this has been a historically Mm -hmm. um, one of these tight contests, an um, interstate rival um, just down the road. Um, how can the Vols avoid an upset in this one? Yeah, just real quick uh, on Billy Amick. He went 0 for 4 today in, in well, today's game. I guess uh, <laughs> struck out once, but hey, put the yeah. ball in play three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, could have been worse. Um, but as for tomorrow, set the tone. 
I think you could say the same thing. We say this about basketball every time. It applies to baseball as well. Get off to a good start. Hit the ball well the first couple mm-hmm. innings. Don't let ETSU stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen over the past couple of years and in some of these midweek games where you don't score the first couple innings, that team, the longer they stick around, it's in any sport, the longer you let that team stick around, the harder they're going to fight, the harder they're mm-hmm. going to dig in. So just set the tone, pitch well, hit well, play like the number nine team in the country, or number five team in the country, depending on where you're looking, Yeah, uh, and, and set the tone in the game early and don't give them an opportunity to, to have any motivation. Yeah. Take it all away early. Uh, good pitching, get the young guys in, yeah, but don't let it spiral uh, if they start to rally. Um, just you know, get your young guys in, see what you've got, but also be willing to make moves. If you need to go to a guy that maybe is a fringe weekend guy, you have to do that in, in these games. Mm-hmm. Um, but take an opportunity, see what you've got in terms of, of good young pitching. And the third one's kind of a joke uh, based on last year, but I figured I'd throw it out there anyway. Don't use wood bats <laughs> oh, in yeah. these games. Uh, <laughs> fell apart after we did it. Was it two years ago that we had the wood bat game yeah, against Tennessee we, Tech? Yeah, yeah, and Tennessee Tech's beat us like several Don't years do that. in the Don't do that again. Uh, no, that's, that's a joke. But just yeah. take care of business. Don't be looking too far ahead. Mm-hmm. Focus one game at a time, and, and we should be all right. Yeah, it, it really does start at the plate in these games because, like you said, pitching right now, it, it's still a big question mark. Uh, you're still trying to figure out, like I said, your weekend rotation guys, let alone uh, your midweek guys. you you got to get the young guys out there. But uh, you, you have consistency. You know what you have in the batting lineup you just got to take advantage of uh, all that pop all that uh, all the great averages that are up and down that lineup you, you have to put those into play uh, and make those work for you early separate yourself from a, an, an, an ugh, inferior opponent there we go uh, and you know like you said set the tone early uh, get up early uh, and you really don't have to look back from there you just you impose your will against an inferior team early yeah I think you got to win with offense here a little uh, still trying to figure th- figure things out on the mound. Um, you know how talented this group is um, from top to bottom in your lineup. Uh, you've got to win it there, especially in that two to five slot that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Could be one of the best in college ba- or college baseball. Um, have to get it done there, um, and, and just that strength in itself can can knock out an inferior opponent like the Bucks. But um, this has been a matchup traditionally that is a close one. Um, the way to stay out of being in a close one is get the bats going early. And, and using that offensive um, weapon, the offensive weapons you have uh, to, to put you out to an early advantage. Um, when we come back, we'll talk about the college football playoff changing the model. A uh, quick score update as well. Tennessee leads 4-2 with 13-21 remaining. <laughs> this game's going to be like 22-10, to 22-19. Yeah, they, to they, they need yeah. to start scoring uh, quick, please. <laughs> Ever been the coach who realized the team's gear just wasn't up to par? Well, if I'm being honest, that was me. Just a downright irresponsible and plain bad coach. Then, SM Athletics changed the game. I want you to picture this. I walk into their store, a coach with a vision. SM Athletics didn't just see a coach. They saw a team's potential. And they delivered custom uniforms so striking. Our team's spirit soared. From cutting-edge apparel to top-notch equipment, SM Athletics transformed our presence. No more unreliable online orders or envying the other team's style. SM Athletics stands for quality, design, and on-time delivery every time. Coaches, elevate your team with SM Athletics. Call 865. 966-3434 or visit smathletics.com. Get the best for your team. Delivered right and on time. So, elevate your team's game by contacting SM Athletics today. 
eBay Motors here for the ride. Elbow grease and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it all at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home the win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft last year. If you're in a bind, this tax season LifeLock can help. They monitor and alert you to identity threats you'd miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become a victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issue. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help protect your financial info, so all you have to worry about is what you do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com, save up to 25% off your first year. The promo code is HERD, promo code H-E-R-D, to save up to 25% off your first year. LifeLock.com. Identity theft protection starts here. Is your home's exterior in need of a makeover? If so, it's time to call North Knox Siding and Windows. Transform your home's curb appeal with premium siding options. From classic to modern styles, they've got something to suit every taste. Upgrade to energy-efficient windows that'll keep your home comfortable all year round while saving you money on your energy bills. North Knox Siding and Windows. Get ready to fall in love with your home all over again. Online at NorthKnoxSightingInWindows.com. I met a down at Althay. She said that she saw me walking in about a mile away. Bean just had to take a phone and I just took a smile away. She said I'm too drunk and crazy. She don't like the way I dance. I said you don't have to join this. She said she'd take a chance. I've been kind of crazy ever since they went down. I got kind of lost and baby, this what I found. Girls like you just want to take me around. Back here on overtime, trying to get through what is a mess of a first 10 minutes for the Vols and Missouri Tigers. Um, but let's switch to college football, where the uh, college football playoff board of managers on Tuesday voted unanimously to revise the format of the 12-team event to include the highest or five highest-ranked conference champions in seven at-large bids, finalizing an adjustment from the original six plus six model uh the board which is made up of 11 chancellors and presidents from each fbs conference plus notre dame met virtually on tuesday to finalize the adjustments that was introduced to account for the dismantling of the pac-12 and the latest round of conference realignment Uh, washington state president kurt schultz uh, the pac-12 representative on the board uh, had been the lone holdout to the change during the board's most recent meeting 
However, um, that they go ahead and go through with it. Um, the original six plus six model uh, was originally reduced, uh, introduced nearly three years ago, alongside the initial proposal to expand to twelve teams. Awarded the six highest ranked conference champions automatic playoff bids. The next highest six ranked teams receive the remaining at-large bids. Um, in the 12-team format beginning the 2024 season, the top four conference champions receive a first-round bye, with the five playing the 12, six playing 11, seven playing the 10, eight playing the nine, very similar to what we see in March Madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, the five through eight seeds will host the first-round games at their respective schools. And the New Year's Six Bowls, uh, the Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, Sugar, and Fiesta will host the quarterfinals and semifinals on a rotation. Uh, no conference champions automatically qualify for the field, and there is no limit to the number of at-large bids a conference can earn. Uh, is the new format better for the playoff? In in terms of game entertainment value, so like what value the fans are going to get by watching, yes, it is. And I know that sounds really bad for you know fans of smaller teams that you know it's going to probably eliminate an opportunity perhaps, but you want to give interesting matchups in the playoff. I mean that's why mm-hmm. so many times we've struggled with the four team model to find the teams that provide the best game entertainment value. You know the best matchups of the best four teams, uh, maybe not necessarily the four most deserving. That was the argument with Florida State this past December: is would they provide a good game entertainment value? Would they be a good matchup uh, for Michigan, who they would have played in the college football playoff semifinal? You don't want mismatches in the postseason; those aren't fun to watch. Uh, you know, and especially you know for that for that number five team. I mean, do you really like you know because the number twelve could theoretically, let's say, the number twelve is Ole Miss. And number five is the champion of you know one of the group of five conferences, yeah. like the Sun Belt. Uh, is that really going to be a great game? I don't know. Um, so in terms of entertainment value, yes. In terms of fairness to those underdog teams, no. But uh, then again, it balances because the Pac-12 is going by the wayside. Um, so really, it's going to end up the same because you in the model, at least as it's intended, you probably would have had your Power Five champs and one group of five school, yeah. uh, which is that sixth highest ranked conference champion with the Pac-12 going away you're going to have the power four and one group of five so it's not really going to change a whole lot I don't think uh it's one less opportunity maybe than if you'd stayed with six and you know maybe power four and two group of fives so you eliminate one opportunity um so but otherwise uh you know you still have that opportunity for uh, a group of five to get in or a team that maybe doesn't win a conference champion um to get in. 2014 TCU comes to mind Mm -hmm. snubbed by the system Uh, 2018 UCF won their conference championship Mm -hmm. went undefeated did not get a playoff spot they would now be in by today's mm-hmm, standards, yeah. even with a 5 plus 7. So uh, it, it's better for entertainment. still gives the underdogs a chance. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I, I think it increases the value. Like you said, uh, it, it, it takes the pressure off for the most part of uh, picking those four teams that are the best in the country. I mean, uh, you, you brought up a good point of Florida State who just got you know thumped by Georgia in, uh, in that Orange Bowl. But uh, I, like you said, I, th- I think the value there is, is, is really nice uh, because you get a range of teams. I mean, you, you could get like a like a nine and three team, like maybe throw like an Oklahoma in there from like this past year, some uh, some team that was really good for the most part, but lost some late ones and uh, clinked down the rankings just a little bit, but still give them a chance because uh, they at least proved themselves a little bit. I, I think in that part. Uh, 
it, it's improved. Uh, I still think, in my opinion, uh, I wish it would have gone to eight teams instead of the 12. It's just something that, you know, 12, it feels like those 12 – uh, those last like 11, 11 and 12 seeds could be a little bit of a reach for like maybe a true title contender, uh, in my opinion. So I, I would like to see it at eight, but uh, I, I think it, did, it does overall give a much better competition uh, than what you would get out of the six plus six. Uh, yeah, I think it's good. Um, I think that, you know, using this model, you're um, allowing your, your top teams out of the, the power four conferences a lot of this has to do with conference realignment mm-hmm. um, and we'll dive into this here in a second but i think this could this change could spark some uh, new movement some new alignment but i think it is good for the most part i think it it qualifies that your 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 top teams that win their champion conference championship um, are gonna get in and then the rest will follow suit um, there really no you know, there's not like a situation where the group of five team, like this year, Liberty as the 24, uh, 24th ranked team in the country, would have gotten in in that six plus six. Um, now you're taking it more so with the best teams. That's what we want the best teams, not the most deserving teams, the best teams. Um, because not only does that spark controversy, but um, if Florida State, a deserving team, made the playoff this year, um, that game would have been a blowout. Yeah. Um, so getting the best teams, I think, is what this model screams. Um, so let's run through the scenarios here of what these models would look like. We'll begin with the six plus six, what they're going away from. Um, under the six plus six model, number one, Michigan, number two, Washington, and this is referring to this past season. Uh, number one, Michigan, number two, Washington. Number three, Texas. Number four, Alabama. Number five would have been Florida State out of the ACC. And then number 23, Liberty out of the Conference USA, would have nabbed the top six spots as the highest-ranked conference champions. Um, And then Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss uh, would have captured the six remaining at-large bids, uh, which go next to the six highest-ranked teams. Um, And the five-plus-seven model, if we did that this year, we would have seen Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Florida State. Those would have been the five. However, you'll notice the team that gets left out in this mix, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, Missouri, Penn State, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, no Liberty. Um, so uh, sticking with the 6-plus-6 six six model in a world with only four power conferences would have um, opened the door for a second group of five conference champion um, to snag an automatic bid. Now moving on from that, I think this causes a problem of, does this mean a tsunami of conference realignments is on the horizon here? I think it does, most likely, and I think we were already heading that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, even just with the 6-plus-6, six six, I think we were headed that way. Now you you make it to where even the one less conference champion gets a bid, uh, I think we're heading that way. Uh, you're going to see teams now flock to, especially the Power 4, as we're going to know them next year, uh, or even now the Group of 5s, because mm-hmm. there is still that one slot that they're going to get with the Pac-12 going by the wayside, there still is going to be an automatic opportunity. So you're going to see teams join Conference USA, the American, that are maybe a little bit lower um, trying to get into that spot um, to get to the college football playoff, um, but especially the Power Four, uh, because those you get your automatic bids, number one, you get buys to the top four seeds, uh, which are going to be probably the most coveted spot, considering right. you're going to be now playing, what, 17 weeks of football yeah. in, in college football? Uh, and four games in about a month uh, in terms of postseason is unprecedented. 
So you're going to see schools going to the SEC, ACC, uh, Big Ten, and Big 12 uh, over the next few years. Uh, you'll be able to take advantage, though, if you join those conferences, not just to those automatic bids, but the at-large bids as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, again, the, the big thing to me was that last line where there is no limit to how many teams in a certain conference can get a bid. Mm-hmm. That's huge because if you look at the SEC – I mean, next year alone, off the top of my head, there's going to be at least five, six teams that could be playoff contenders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and with divisions going by the wayside too, you don't even have to be in the conference championship game anymore to, to go to the to the college football playoffs. So you want to get in those conferences where you can be with the best of the best so that the at-large bids go to you. Uh, strength of schedule, which was a big mm-hmm. thing, a big point of debate in, in last year's argument, mm-hmm. uh, is going to be – Still big. You want to play the best of the best. So at the end of the year, even if you're number 10 in the country, oh, well, they played the eighth best strength of schedule. They're in a great conference. They're going to the college football playoff. Uh, you're going to see a lot of teams start to make those moves. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think it could. I mean, I, we, we did already see it with the Pac-12 sort of leaning that way. Uh, of course, that was before this news broke that it's going to the 5 plus 7. Uh, I, I think this mainly – uh, kind of ticks towards uh, the group of five. I think we could see one of like like a Mac or somebody like a or like a Mountain West sort of dismantle, uh, kind of like the Pac-12 did for teams looking for uh, a better conference, uh, better strength of schedule, like you brought up, and a better chance at getting uh, that one uh, group of five bid that's likely going to be uh, that fifth uh, conference champion. Uh, besides that, like. I don't think it'll be too much shifting around in the Power Four now. I, I think most of these, uh, you know, with the ACC bringing in like Stanford, didn't they bring in Stanford? That that, that was Cal sort of, and Stanford. Cal I and Stanford. Yeah, so SMU. It's, it's the, yeah. And, and SMU. Yeah. So I mean, that rearranging, you know, it doesn't feel correct. Uh, it's it's not the Atlantic Coast Conference. It's the All Coast Conference. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it it ranges worldwide at this point. So. Uh, I, I think it's like right now how all the conferences are lined up besides that one outlier. It looks about right, like regional-wise. Uh, now, again, with the SEC, I'm not sure who they would want to bring in. It'd probably be an ACC just powerhouse, sort of like Florida State or Florida like State Clemson. Florida State and Clemson yeah. the two teams that, I That'd be as, maybe a far reach as we would see from the SEC. But uh, as, as for realignment, I, I don't see it too much affecting the power for mainly the group of five teams now. Well, yeah, and I think as a result of it directly reflecting and hitting those group of five teams, I think you're going to see a lot of teams that have had recent success try to fit their way into some of these bigger conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, and we very well could see just, you know, mega conferences. And, th- and, th- and this has kind of been fantasized over at, over the past couple of years. Um, but I think you can see more aggression from some of these schools to get out of their current situation um, like a Stanford and Cal and SMU um, picking up and leaving and going to the ACC, a very odd fit for them in my opinion, but they're trying to get more involved and, and I guess help themselves out more by putting themselves in a bigger conference. Um, I think this does kind of hit towards a, a conference realignment wave though. Um, and I don't know if that's for better or worse. We love mm-hmm. the traditions we have in college football, but really, at this point, there are not many left. Uh, you know, we're already losing a lot of great rivalry games this year with the Pac-12's yeah. demise. Um, you know, no longer uh, the Oklahoma Oklahoma State rivalry. Um, losing Texas's great rivalries in the Big 12. Um, I guess reuniting with Texas Tech. Um, but you know, uh, history and and the pageantry. 
And a lot of the things we love about college football are kind of moving away. And I guess Mm. we have to adjust to that. And with these changes, they are adjusting to that as well. Um, I'll propose this because today the five to seven is now the new model. Do you think there would be a better version of the model where it's just no, no plus six or six plus six or anything, just the 16 best or I guess 12 best teams with no, uh, no implications on how, if you won your conference, all of that, just the 12 best teams make it. I think you could do that, uh, but then I think there would be certain teams that, that are winning their conference that would probably not be too happy with that, especially in conferences, uh, not to sound spiteful, but not named the SEC, yeah. uh, where you're going to have, as I see it, probably at least three to four teams in the playoff every year under this model with that many at-large bids. Mm. So you might see those teams – that would be upset. Now, I'll tell you a team, and I was going to bring this up anyway, but a team that I don't think is going to be upset, uh, and that would be Notre Dame. Because not oh, yeah. playing in a conference, if they take away automatic bids, well, and 12 spots are wide open for them to just say, well, we don't need to play in a conference now. We can just stay independent, keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to have a, a shot at it every year. Whereas in the past, their big hit when it came down to the 14 playoff was they don't play in a conference, they don't win a conference championship why are they any better than the four teams that are in? Mm. Um, so I think they'll be happy with it, but I, there's some teams that I just don't think would uh, would be in support of that. Yeah, I, I think it kind of goes back to the argument you brought up of most deserving versus best. Right. Uh, I, I think it could fall in the hands of that, and like you said, there, there's going to be tons of uh, teams that are just really upset about that. Um Again, I, I personally, I, I think it's probably the best move. We we saw it happen this past year. Uh, again, leaving Florida State out of the four team playoff, but uh, yeah, it 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 feels like the like you said, it feels like the old school just like glory that college football used to be is sort of falling in front of our eyes, and we're we're losing that spark that used to be uh, and used to separate college football from just about any other entity uh, in the sports world. Yeah, a quick score update. It gets worse. Uh, Missouri leads 14-13 now with 6.32 remaining uh, in the first half. Um, Vols are struggling to score. Connect 0-4, Ziegler 0-2, Viscovi 0-2, Josiah Jordan-James 0-1. Um, your your lone uh, starter that's made a bucket is Jonas Adu. He's 1-1. One one. I guess that's uh, good news there. Um, a, a gross matchup right now. Yeah, it's bad. Um, but going back to the the college football playoff um i i think you know greg sankey has talked about wanting to go just to the to the top 12 teams because that takes out really um i guess any of the the preconceived all right well you win the conference you're in um, but really in a sense that could also almost kind of do away with conferences in 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 general yeah because if there's no real point if there's no incentive of winning the sec championship for the playoff, then what's the point? Yeah, it takes the value away from that conference championship weekend, that yeah. Saturday of games yeah. where you're like, oh, well, three games in a row where the winner goes to the college football playoff. Yeah, yeah. and then in a sense, really, it's almost like the NFL. You just play a uh, play a, a season and match up with multiple teams, and whoever looks the best, has the best, would be uh, would make the 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 playoff in, in that in that realm. So um, I think that. They should keep the five to seven intact if they want to keep the conferences intact. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you'd play people in your region. It's not like Tennessee would start playing, you know, Stanford every other year. 
Um, but I think that would hint towards what's even the purpose of conferences if we're not even, um, you know, winning it doesn't mean anything. So I think it's something to look at. Um, you know, we've also talked recently with Tennessee's pending uh, court case with the NCAA um, about how the NCAA has nothing to do with the playoff or the TV deals. We just saw a huge TV deal with ESPN, yeah. a $7.8 yeah. billion mm-hmm. dollar um, extension through the 2032 season to host oh, and and put on the CFP. Um, so again, even you know today we see the college football playoff committee make the decision. We've seen ESPN and these TV deals come in, and that's all outside the NCA. Um, making moves like these, like saying that you know we're we're going six or we're moving off of six to six, going to five through seven. Does this continue to further just minimize the NCAA's involvement in college football? I think it does, yeah. Uh, And I think as the conferences continue to get bigger, I think that also helps as well because the conferences are going to continue to gain power and gain schools and say, well, now, I mean, we outnumber you at this point between all these conferences. I know, uh, you know, the SEC is – talked about not really formally but breaking off and doing their own thing i think they'd be the first conference to do it at this point uh them in the acc or excuse me them in the big 10 whoever formed that alliance a couple weeks ago uh, as they continue to gain schools and get stronger uh yeah it lessens the ncaa's influence absolutely it was already low i think as it was in terms of football standpoint uh but yeah it absolutely lowers their influence yeah at least in football you know uh Across the board, I mean, besides that, they run just about everything else, like selection-wise and stuff. But, again, the college football realm of of money deals uh, is really unrivaled, maybe besides March Madness. Uh, So I I think it is – overall, it's – again, we've hit on it before, but it's this amateur game that these kids are playing. uh, It's become more of a business uh, than anything else, and the NCAA uh, has clearly not been known to be a good CEO of said business. So it, it feels like they are losing their grips on reality in this issue. Yeah, and, and we've we've seen they're not very good at adjusting or, or realizing right. where they are in reality, uh, considering Tennessee uh, was indicted on something that happened <laughs> before the rule two existed. and a half years uh, <laughs> after the fact. Um, yeah. So we'll just have to see. Quick score update. Vols retake the lead, 19-16 with 4.51 remaining in the first. We'll be right back here on Overtime. We make it easy to save money. Get access to thousands of discounts on shopping, dining, and travel with the CNB Plus Perks account. It's a powerful new way to save money with roadside assistance, cell phone protection, identity theft protection, and credit monitoring. Banking at CNB has its perks. Call or stop by a branch for more details. Citizens National Bank. Banking never felt so good. Member FDIC. A brand built in Tennessee and born from the love of the game. Inward Half revolutionizes golfing comfort. Crafted by a former pro and dedicated enthusiast just like you, our luxury performance wear guarantees you stay cool and comfortable through every swing and every day. We're not just a brand. We've set out to create a lifestyle for those who understand that impeccable style and premium performance are a hole-in-one. Enjoy the walk-in with Inward Half. Are you ready to play hard and work harder? Are you looking to take the next step in your career with a company who celebrates hard work and appreciates those who do it? 
then it's time to join the movement at Axel Logistics. Axel is looking to expand their award-winning sales team with logistics consultants who are outgoing, ambitious, and thrive in a fast-paced environment. If that sounds like you, visit axelogistics.com to learn more. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on Fan Run Radio. Axel Logistics, now is your time. I was afraid to cut the cord, but once I did, I couldn't believe it took so long to do it. Paying too much for my cable bill had become a bad habit. I either wasn't getting what I wanted or never knew where to find any of my favorite shows until it was too late. Plus, the prices just kept going up. Thankfully, I discovered a new way to watch called Philo. For just $25 a month, I can catch all my favorite shows on networks like BET, MTV, and TLC. It even has Nickelodeon for my kids. I can watch anytime I want, anywhere I want. Plus, Philo lets me have up to three streams at once, so everyone can watch what they want at the same time. Throw in the unlimited DVR that saves all my favorites for up to a year, and this really is the best deal in TV. I just wish I hadn't waited so long. Sound too good to be true? Well, try it out for yourself, and you'll see why people who love TV love Philo. Go to philo.tv, that's P-H-I-L-O dot TV, and start your seven-day free trial now. I'm Smokey Bear, and I made an assistant to help you out, because only you can prevent wildfires. Hey, Assistant Smokey Bear, call me Papa Bear, because I'm grilling up dinner. (laughs) Do you get it? Yes, good job. So, what should I do with all these coals? Don't just toss them out. Put them in a metal container, because those embers can start a wildfire. I understand. The stakes are high. Ha, 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 ha. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GainBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GainBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at GainBridge.io. Back here on Overtime, rounding out a Tuesday afternoon as we... Uh, continue to keep you up to date with the Vols and Tigers game. Uh, Missouri leads 22-19 with a minute 56 uh, remaining in the first half. Not the game that we uh, predicted. Multiple fouls, both teams in the bonus. Uh, this is a an ugly game so Gross. far. Um, let's hope Rick Barnes puts on some orange and comes out and, and <laughs> rips these guys a new one in the locker room. Um, let's head to the NFL real quick. Haven't talked NFL in a second. Um, and this is just just shows you how slow the news cycle is um, <laughs> in the middle of February. Um, but Justin Fields has reportedly unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. I feel like we're TMZ now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> he has unfollowed the Bears on Instagram and has followed Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson, who are all uh, stars and starters for the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are a team. Um, that have been floated around if, if Fields became available. A Georgia native played at the University of Georgia for a little bit, um, has been floated around to fill that vacancy. 
uh, at quarterback for the Falcons. Would this be a good fit for him? There's two sides to it. Uh, for for one, just real quickly, for Chicago's side, I, I just don't like this. I, I've been on the train that they should keep him for one more year for a while uh, and just ride it out because, again, these are the kinds of moves where if they don't work, uh, you're going to get somebody fired, especially with Fields still being, what, 24, 25 yeah, years young, old young. Uh, at this point. If, if he was in his 30s, okay, I almost understand it. Uh, but he's only 25. He's been in the league for four years at this point, three years. Um, so I, I wouldn't do it. But for Atlanta's case, I think it would fit. I mean, you add a young quarterback to a young group of weapons for a brand-new head coach. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you're looking for. Uh, in Atlanta, and if they, they can land him, especially depending on what they have to give up. Now, I don't think they're going to have to give up very much to get him, but if, if they can get away with maybe a second-round pick to land him, I think it's going to be a great fit, and I think he fits well within the offense the weapons that they have. Yeah, I, I would feel bad for Chicago just on the same basis, like you said. He, he just hasn't been there long enough to prove himself, and he's had sort of a revolving door on the offensive play-calling side of things. Uh, hasn't really been able to settle in with any system, so uh, it's, it's kind of unfair to him for uh, to be shelling out, but it, it feels like he's sort of on the same page with that too. Uh, and like you said, it, it does fit pretty well with that uh, young and talented uh, offense for Atlanta. I, I think if they can get some more pieces on that offensive line, uh, get a couple – guys on defense, uh, but their defense wasn't just the worst this year. I, I think they're a couple pieces away from being pretty decent. Uh, and again, it's it's a new system under there. They're not under Arthur Smith, who misuses the guys that he has uh, all the time, except for Derrick Henry. So uh, I, I think it could be a step in the positive, in a positive direction for both sides on the side of Chicago, mainly some like internal stuff and just for uh, play-wise for the Falcons. I would like him going to the Falcons, but I'm not a fan of their head coaching hiring. I mean, mm-hmm. I think if you knew you were going to go out and possibly pursue another quarterback, why would you hire a defensive-minded guy? I really didn't like that. I know you just whiffed previously on an offensive-minded guy that was supposed to hit, um, and it went south. But um, I-, I like the fit on the team with the collection of players they have. I don't like that they don't have an identity offensively, though. Um, especially under Arthur Smith, it was all over the place. You needed a guy to come in and set the culture, set the uh, set the tone of how you're going to play uh, Atlanta Falcons offense. And I don't think they have that yet. Um, so for Fields, I'd be a little weary uh, of picking, and, and he might not even have his pick at his destination. It might just be of who wants him available. Um, I think the Falcons are a, a good destination for what they have on that roster I do ask myself about the the offensive play calling um, because you hired a defensive-minded guy. I think it's a, a fair fair. Have point. they hired an offensive coordinator yet? I, not that I know of. Seen anything. Not that I'll, I'll be, I'll be curious to see if they do go out and get fields who they grab as a coordinator right. just yeah. to, to call the plays. Um, so I'd be interested to see that. And then um, another team that's been floated around are the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, mm-hmm. They are a team that um, you know drafted Kenny Pickett. Doesn't look like he he's probably going to have a, a this year to prove it, um, but he might not work out. Do they go and, and take a bigger swing with Justin Fields, who's a little bit more proven, at least can throw more touchdowns? Um, and then outside of the Steelers, maybe the Broncos take a run or, or a swing at, at Justin Fields. I just don't know where else he would be headed to if he weren't a – if he wants to be a starter, Atlanta's the best fit. To I think, me. yeah, especially I with what they have, because yeah. 
as Chicago built weapons, you could see him get better. Now, mm-hmm. was he stellar this year, especially throwing the ball? No, uh, but they're still working on the offensive line up there especially. Um, found a couple good pieces. They needed a couple more, I think, but receiver-wise had great weapons and was able to connect with them um, and had stuff working. Uh, I don't think he fits as well in Pittsburgh, in my mm-hmm. opinion, at least with the style of football that they like to play. I don't think he fits and, and, with and that. And the style that they're about to play under And Arthur the style Smith. they're about to play with Arthur Smith. I don't I don't think he fits there yeah. at all. <laughs> uh, Denver is interesting, but again, I just, you know, the weapons they have, you, you have a couple, but, you know, a couple guys starting to age a little bit. I, I don't know if I like that fit either. I think Atlanta's probably the best landing spot. Young weapons. Uh, and if Morris, again, makes the right hire at, at offensive coordinator, I think he could see some success. I will say Sean Payton's always done well That's uh, true. With, yeah. with quarterbacks in, in particular. Um, I guess Fields is not a, a undersized quarterback, but um, he's traditionally done well with ones that can use their legs. Um, so I'd be interested to see what Fields would look like in that offense. I think he's definitely a step above what they have with Russell Wilson, um, who I don't know – is is still a starter in this league anymore um so that'll be interesting to see um where he ends up going um i I think atlanta is the best spot especially being in a a georgia kid i think that'd be a great story for him uh, give him the opportunity to revive his career and a little bit of a better spot not really a revive but find a better destination Mm -hmm. i think is a safer word a quick score update 27 22 missouri leads tennessee east just Um, hit a Three from almost a logo, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, um, the state outline. Not, I mean, not looking good. Not looking good at all. We talk about handling business. Um, this is anything but that. Um, this is a team that's zero and twelve in conference play, eight and seventeen overall. You find yourselves down five and, and uh, lacking any offensive uh, rhythm. Quick note on the Falcons. They have brought an offensive coordinator. Uh, Morris brought in Zach Robinson from McVay's staff, who's been an offensive assistant there since 2019. Okay. Uh, he joined McVay's staff as a quarterback's coach in 2019, uh, was the quarterback's coach pass game coordinator for 2022 and 23 for the L.A. Rams. So maybe a potential gem there under yep. a McVay yeah. staff. I mean, we know how the McVay tree has been yes, over the past Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, uh, good information there. Did not know that. I guess uh, we must admit. When they, they say when they hired him? It just says 2024 to present. So there you uh, go. He, I guess he just brought there him over when he got hired and nobody knew. Shout out, shout out Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, well, good. Well, um, that news is better than, than what we are watching from Missouri and Tennessee right yes. now. Yeah. Um, I guess, guys, just quick takeaways right before we head off. Uh, what are we doing? Yeah. Is that a fair takeaway? I mean, uh, when you say take care of business and set the tone, you've done neither of them. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, Missouri has not played well either, but, I mean, you, you start the game one for eight. If you're Tennessee, uh, you did a bunch of foul trouble already. Both teams, just, just a gross game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not playing well offensively in the slightest. Uh, Missouri is not a good defensive team. We just talked about it you know, an hour ago. Uh, they're not good on that end of the floor, so this is a rough start. They need to get it together in the locker room here. Yeah, offensively, it's just disturbing almost because, I mean, we talked about not uh, letting Mizzou do what they usually do, take over pass lanes and force turnovers. Uh, they've been doing just that for against this offense, so uh, cleaning that up. On the defensive end, I mean, it's just been sort of sloppy. It feels like both teams haven't really been able to connect uh, – 
passing wise, either of them have been both of them have been just really, really bad so far. So uh, you got to clean that up. Uh, looking for Coach Barnes to really get in their ass in this in this halftime because I mean this this team should not be down to that horrible of a Missouri squad. Yeah, just a couple ticks away from halftime. Uh, Vols trail 27-26. Don't connect. 0 of 6 right now uh, from the field. What happened to that 30-point game? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have said anything. (laughs) uh, When we come back tomorrow, let's hope we have some more positive news and a a more positive breakdown in the second half. Quick little in-state baseball note. Uh, Austin P just walked into Duty Noble Field in Mississippi State and beat Mississippi State in game one of a doubleheader. Wow. So good there for you Austin go. P. Interesting. Good for the uh, what are the governors. Yep, the good governors. For the governors. <laughs> yeah. Roll good goes. for the governors. All right. Well, we appreciate you tuning in and listening along with us. Um, William Pattison, Jace Brown, Dawson Wise, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow.